All righty, welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Episode number 10. Episode 10. Episode 10. That's kind of crazy that we already got to episode 10. Almost at 100, baby. Let's keep grinding. Yes, sir. We're going to keep I'm down to episode 100. It starts now. Absolutely. Right now, we're, we're present in three countries. By the time we're at episode 100, we're going to be present in uh, 100 countries. Let's Have you it. checked? Is the DR still not on there? Uh, let me check right now at live. The live. Dude, the DR is not on there. I'm going to go on the rent. Because I'm wearing a DR shirt right now, man. God. Uh, let's see right now. So we got... Jesus Christ, DR. Uh, I got some bad news for you. <laughs> U.S., Ireland, and Aruba still. No DR. You know what? All right, give me one minute, bro. Bro, the DR, if you're the Dominican listening to this, and you're in the DR, and you have family in the DR, you guys suck. You know what? All you guys are good for baseball and breaking my heart. That's all you guys are good for. You guys don't support nobody that was not Big Poppy. and I'm (laughs) sick of it. I am so sick of it. If I'm not just because I'm not good at baseball doesn't mean you guys can't support me. You know what? I'm not even gonna give you guys a minute. You know what? Let's keep going, Brian, before I start crying. All right. Well, if it makes you feel better, Lawrence is still number one though in Massachusetts. So uh there's Dominicans there. Okay. <laughs> Waltham, Waltham up to twelve percent. Okay, Waltham, you finally catching on. I like it. I like it. That's probably CJ. Probably CJ. Shout <laughs> out CJ. The Rick is on here, so I know that's Kev. We that's Kevin. <laughs> that's Kevin. Hey, all righty. Well, let's uh, let's jump into it. Definitely a lot to catch up on. So I guess starting it off with, uh, with politics. So this whole week. Nah, Brian, week- Brian, Brian, before we start in politics, just, let's start while you were just telling me off air, bro. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, so as many people who know me know I'm not a fan of the government, how much they know about us and all that fun stuff. So the other day I had to go get a, a blood test um, for a physical, you know, normal stuff. And of course, I hate how that industry is around. You know, I went to the doctor. They're like, yeah, go to the lab. You're good to go. Show up there. So I go there. Of course, you got to like make an appointment in the hallway first where you can walk in because of COVID. So I didn't even know if I was in the right place. So I opened the door to the lab just to ask the lady. She's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Can't you read the signs? Don't come in here. COVID. I'm like. I just want to ask from the right place, whatever. I hate that whole industry. So, okay, I make my appointment. I wait in the hallway 10 minutes, and then um, they call me in, and then she's like, oh, um, you're not in our system, so we can't give you a blood test right now. I'm like, what are you talking about? She, I thought it was voluntary. Yeah, so, yeah, so she calls my um, my doctor's office, and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll put it in today, uh, whatever. So she's like, hey, it's going to take them all day. So that's, <laughs> she knew. She's like, come back the next day. Whatever. So I went back yesterday, got the blood test, and good to go. It was through this company called Quest Diagnostics. So today, right before we went on air, I had to sign up for an account on there because you can view your, like, blood test results online. So I go on there, and they say, hey, before you can view the results, you have to verify your identity. I'm like, all right, where is probably just going to ask me for my name and my address. No, they asked me three (laughs) specific questions about my life. Each one getting more, you know, specific than the last. One of them was asking me about cars that I've owned previously, which many of you know I had a Honda Civic, my little two-door back in the day. Two-door, two-door, cool. Oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, that, okay, that was a couple years ago. It's, you know, it's nothing too crazy. Then the next question, they asked me, what color was my 1999 
Hyundai Accent. How do they know that, bro? Now, that is my question. Like, A, I had that car maybe two years before. Bro, I put more money into that car than I paid for the car. Anyone who remembers when I had that car, thing was constantly falling apart. If Manny's listening, he'll remember the window. would. Ne- I had Manny! I had the crank windows. The window wouldn't go up. He, I remember he uh, he's like, yo, can I borrow your car to go to my house? It was like in the middle of a, a thunderstorm. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no problem. But the window won't go up. He's like, oh, that's cool. He comes back. Half his left arm is soaked. He's like, man, hey. Like that. I'm like, that's the Hyundai, baby. Baby. So that, that, that was my little story. It's like, how in the world do these people know that A, I owned a, a 1999 Hyundai Accent, and I haven't owned that car for like eight years. It's like, how, you know, people know too much about our data. So that's my little beginning rant to the episode. So switching gears to politics, um, this whole week has been the Democratic National Convention, which has actually been pretty interesting and, to be quite honest, refreshing to watch and listen to. Um, you know, obviously the, the end goal of the convention was Last night, Joe Biden officially accepted the Democratic nomination um, to run against Donald Trump. It's going to be him and Kamala Harris against Trump. And, you know, we all knew it was going to happen. But to be honest, I really enjoyed listening this week because we heard some great speeches from Michelle Obama, Barack Obama, my guy, Andrew Yang. My I, heard, I heard Barack Obama supporting Trump. Is that true? No. Nah. <laughs> Nah, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I, don't, I don't know where you heard that story. Probably some like Trump made up um, craziness. Nah, Obama's speech was great. So he went to, um, he was in Philadelphia where they signed the Declaration of Independence. He's like, this is the birthplace of our country, birthplace of democracy. And if y'all want to keep democracy moving forward, you got to vote out Donald Trump. So it, it was a great week. A lot of really good um, speeches. And it was nice just to hear people that, you know, know how to talk and are good with their words. Trump comes on, he talks, he says the same couple of words, tremendous, unprecedented, nobody's done it better, blah, blah, blah. It's like listening to a 10-year-old talk. Trump just doesn't have you a good give, You give him too much credit, bro. Yeah, all right, I mean, maybe a five-year-old, if that. But um, so it's nice this week just to listen to all of them. And obviously they have the same message, like go out and vote, go out and vote for Biden, Um, you know, and it was interesting. Like, you heard from some different people. Hillary Clinton, of course, had to come on and talk. And she kind of put some humor in her. She was like, hey, guys, um, as I know firsthand, you, you can get three million more votes than Trump and still lose. So she was like, you got to go out and vote. Uh, Bill Clinton made an appearance. He spoke. I mean, it was, it was a pretty um, interesting convention. And the most interesting part of it all is it was all virtual. I mean, obviously, we're still in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, you know, these conventions are normally in big auditoriums, you know, lots of people. But this week is all virtual. Everyone's spread out. And I thought it went pretty well. Biden, I don't know, I had my doubts at the beginning, but Biden looked pretty good this week. He was answering. He went on, did a lot of interviews, a lot of Q&A, a lot of live stuff. And he was he was on point. He, uh, you know, he's handling all his questions very well and he looks ready to go. And, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Kamala Harris. I said it last week and uh <laughs> still feel the same this week. She Shout followed out. me on MySpace last week. Kamala did? Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. I like I'm sliding that DM later tonight, baby. <laughs> yeah, she's a, I'm not a fan of her, but hey, I mean, like we've said, you know, you got to go out and vote, and uh, any vote that's not for Biden is going to be a vote for Trump. So 
that was the uh, Democratic convention. Next week is the Republican uh, convention, which, I mean, to be honest, I'm probably not even going to watch any of it. Uh, you know, I'll probably tune in for a couple speeches or things just to see what they're talking about and what's going on there. I know the whole Trump family is expected to speak. So, you know, Donald, his wife, his, uh, his daughter, his, his son. wife, his wife is allowed to speak. She's probably not going to say much. She normally never thank says you, thank much. You very, thank you very much. My husband is wonderful. Bye. Yes. <laughs> Donald Trump, 2020. It's like, 2020, okay. keep America great. Again, yeah. although I wasn't born in America and I don't like my husband and I'm being held hostage. Yep. She got some uh, workaround visa that Trump claims, you know, he wants to stop other people from getting. But when it came to his wife, yeah, no problem. She can get that. She can come to the country. Uh, so that'll be an interesting to see what happens next week. Republican, but right, this doesn't surprise me because he's he does that. He even does that thinking doesn't prove that he's not racist because he always they, every time somebody like supporting Trump like he's not racist, they always send pictures of him with black people. So it's like, bro, just you could have a hundred friends, black friends, and still be racist. All about what you say behind closed doors. What you say is what you do behind closed doors. Facts, and we've seen what Trump does, so yeah, bro, right. that, that answers it enough. <laughs> we don't know how that man feels, so we can't do another four years of this. I can't even imagine what's going to happen if he's not I got a house in the DR, bro. What's up? <laughs> Let's go. Hey, if he gets reelected, I'm out there. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can't say here, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, the last thing with politics I want to touch on is so currently it's pretty interesting. The um. There's a lot of talk about mail-in voting in this upcoming election, and Trump is very set that it's not going to work. It's not going to be successful. There's no way it can, you know, happen. Oh, he, he knows it's going to work against him. That's why. Exactly. Yeah, and and he's a hypocrite because he's voted by mail on like for the last ten years or so. He does it a lot. Pence has done it. A bunch of people do it, and there's no real factual evidence that it's like overwhelmingly fraudulent. I mean, obviously there's some claims. Some people probably gamed the system or whatever. But compared to, like, in-person voting, it's not that much of a difference. And Trump can't really pull any actual evidence that, oh, this is dangerous or it's not going to work. So even with him being so against it, the Democrats were like, okay, Trump, all right, Donald, we get it. You're concerned about mail-in voting, even though you have no proof. So let's allocate, you know, $2 billion to the Postal Service and help improve, make sure it's fast and it's secure and they can safely process the mail-in ballots. He says no, of course. And, you know, the, <laughs> yeah, and the, um, the guy who's in charge of the USPS right now, um, he's like a huge Trump donor. Like he donated a ton of money to Trump's campaign. So that's obviously why Trump appointed him there. He's already trying to cut costs and cut service to the um, postal office. And there's even pictures of him like, you know, not, not him, but the post office is dismantling some of the older mailboxes or like the vote-in uh, ballot boxes, things like that. So since he got called out on that, now he's like, all right, I'm not going to do any more changes till after the election. But it's just interesting that Trump is so against it. And then the Democrats are like, all right, fine. If you're so against it and you're so scared, like we'll make it more secure. We just need more money. And he's like, yeah, nah, that's not happening. So he's being hypocritical. And like Angel said, I mean, it, it, he knows it's not going to benefit him. If on November 3rd, we're still in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic or, you know, God forbid it's even worse then than it is now. He knows it's probably his supporters that are going to be the ones to go out and vote in person. You know, they're the same ones that are protesting not to wear a mask and, you know, 
open up the economy and this, that, and the other things. So I'm sure they'll have no problem going in and voting for him in person. And he knows that. So that's why he doesn't want mail-in voting because he knows the smarter people who are more concerned about their health and well-being, they're not going to go vote. So he's actively trying to suppress voters, which is just, it's mind-blowing. And even now he's like, oh, if we do mail-in voting, we're going to have to wait for all the ballots to come in. So we might not even have a conclusion to the election days, weeks, or months after the election, which sounds like to me, you know, he's going to come in and be like, hey, we didn't get all the results yet, so I'm not leaving office till we get all the results. Can he, can he actually do that? I don't know. He's probably going to try, to be honest. I don't know how the, the, those rules work. Um, I, I don't think so. I think, you know, I think he can stay until this inauguration day, which is in uh, the middle of January. Um, and if by then, if a new president's not selected, I think it goes to the Speaker of the House, which would be Nancy Pelosi. So... I don't know. We'll see what happens, but just uh, stay tuned. A reminder, if you're not already, please go register to vote. Your vote does matter. Your vote does count. Don't be one of those people like, oh, it's just one vote. doesn't matter. Yes, it does matter. Go vote. Register to vote. It all matters, man. If you're going to do the mail-in voting, do it sooner rather than later. It takes time to process in the mail. Don't be, you know, don't be late. Get it done. Go out and vote because it's a big election, especially for all the people listening that are our age, like, it's our future. These older people who could care less about our future are the ones that are making all the decisions. So let's go out and make some good choices and uh, let's make some good votes. So One thing I did want to talk, why? I, I might understand the why. Sorry, I'm fat. I got food in my mouth. <laughs> why is there an age limit on people who can run for certain spots? Um, like a minimum age. So like, so like the president, I think it's 35. 35. Yeah. Um, I I mean, okay. I got another question after real quick. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the presidency is one of the only ones that's limited. I think the Senate house of reps is 18 plus. I mean, the president, I I kind of agree with that. I think for a job that big and a job that demanding, you Oh, the 60 something year olds ain't doing shit. So no, I know, I know, I know that. So, I mean, you get so, it. Okay, okay. Why, why not do it this way then? Thirty-five is the minimum. Fifty-five is the max. That would be beautiful. I agree a hundred percent with that. We should do that and cap that, it off, cause bro, a sixty-five-year-old person should not be leading the country, bro. They can't even wipe their butt, bro. And it, <laughs> and it's not sixty. Like Joe Biden is seventy-eight, He's right? Like, now. And then and then what was our boy? Uh, Bernie. Bernie was like 107. <laughs> Dude. And then Donald, Donald, is like, Donald looks like, yo, you know, in those, back in our days when we watched those cartoons and like there was like a big monster or whatever, but like it wasn't actually the monster. It was like a little tiny thing inside of it controlling it. Yeah. That's, yeah. Don, that's Trump, bro. Facts. I, I just looked it up. So Bernie's 78 years Jesus. young. Biden's 77. And Trumpy is 20. Uh, 74. Don't beat though, bro. He's gonna have a heart attack next week eating lunch. Like, oh, he eats and he comes out. He's, he loves McDonald's. McDonald's is his thing. Do you remember that when he invited, um, I, I forget, some like college athletes? I think it was last year's college football championship. He invited yeah. the winners to the White House for like a, a dinner and they all walked in expecting like a nice steak dinner or something crazy. This dude ordered them McDonald's. Bunch of Big Macs, McDoubles, McChickens, fries. All that were like sitting in like buffet platters waiting for them. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like he loves McDonald's. He loves to eat like that. And 
I don't know. We'll see what happens. But it's just, no, I agree completely. I think that since there is a minimum age, there should also be a maximum age. And like Angel said, we can't have these like 80-year-old people making the decisions because they don't care about, you know, our future. It's not their future they're worried about. They're worried about short-term, what's going to benefit them in the short-term, not the long-term, not what's going to impact them. So, I mean, I, I think there should be a maximum. And there also should be term limits. So senators and Congress uh, people, there's no- By the word, two, uh, wasn't it two? So only the presidency has term limits. Yeah, and that's two four-year terms, so eight years total. The Senate and the uh, House of Representatives, they don't have term limits. So there's people, like certain representatives from like down south that have had their seat for like 40 years. And once they get in, it's very hard to vote them out because they raise more money, they have more connections. It's just easier for them to stay in that seat. And it's tougher for new people to go up. If you're running up against someone who's been in office for 25 years, they have the like huge support. They have way more money. And it's just very tough to go up against them. That's what makes it so tough. And, you know, there needs to be term limits. And I agree, there should be a maximum age because, you know, so there's some of these people that don't still don't understand the internet, computers, and technology. And they're the ones voting on these things that are discussing issues with like Facebook and Google and Bitcoin and all this stuff. And they don't even know what that is. They could care less to learn about it. So, that's, uh, that's an interesting point. I think there definitely should be a maximum age when it comes to those seats. And now the presidents, all of them, 55, 50, 55, out of there. But we'll retire, go live by the pond, yep. do some ducks. Yep. We have no country, bro. Presidents. Think about, all the seven, think about all the seven-year-olds you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably like two of them, and they probably can't wipe their butt. <laughs> yeah, they don't think that great. And, uh, you know, they... Um... They can't drive at night. That's true. They can't make it past seven o'clock. Like, come on, dude. You're going to run a country. And the presidency, like we, I, all of us remember seeing the before and after pics of when Obama got inaugurated to his oh, last gray hair. office. His hair went from jet black to white as snow. Like there was no tomorrow. And that just shows the toll. I mean, it said they get like three, four hours of sleep a night. If that, I mean, if they finally fall asleep and they get a call like, oh, something's popping off in China. They're going to like, get going no matter what time of day it is like it's an extremely demanding job so i agree there should be a maximum age on that because you know if we're in the middle of a huge it pandemic like we are now we need a president who's on 24 hours a day and i don't think trump is you know this whole week he was watching the democratic convention instead of doing his job and he's commenting on everything they have to say complaining it's like trump you're president i think you have more important things to do or even his twitter we've, we've seen his twitter he tweets more than Anybody I've seen. If you guys want, if you guys want the best reality TV show, it's Donald Trump's Twitter. Not the actual, not the actual tweets. The comment section under the tweets. Facts. Oh, people back and forth against against and for Trump. It's, it's I laugh, bro. It's like, crazy. Like, like we should like. Well, I think we're gonna dedicate a segment next next episode. We'll go. We'll, we'll spend like 15, 20 minutes and just go through some Trump tweets and the comments. And, and Brian, Brian's gonna be for Trump. I mean, for against Trump, I'll be for Trump. So you guys can see the conversations. Facts, facts, and hear the how these people argue. They spend all day arguing on Twitter with like robots. It's just like it could be bots. You don't know. Yeah, but I love the people who troll them, and they don't know they're getting trolled. Oh yeah, absolutely. So that's definitely an interesting aspect. Um, I don't know. You know, it's just. 
the selection's coming up. It's important. So hey, welcome, guys. This is our Mr. Ryan Connie from the Next One Pod joining us to discuss some sports tonight. So we just we just wrapping up uh, the the politics side of our little podcast here. Um, We're talking about how (laughs) the best drama in all of the world is. It's not Donald Trump's tweets. It's under his tweets. The comment section, mm. going against them, is the funniest thing ever. If you ever have 10 minutes to just laugh, go check that out, bro. Go on sure there. The comment. <laughs> sure the greatest debates are on there. I mean, both extreme sides. Just everyone just tuking out, like duking it out and uh, shaking hands after and say, come back tomorrow for another great uh, saying it. You're the worst piece of... Shit on earth. That's the thing, bro. They, they he tweets like forty. He tweets more than Kanye, first of all. Yeah. And they and this every tweet they is like World War Three in there. Like people care. Like so. But his tweets themselves, like the way he puts them together, he always writes in all caps too. It's like, why are you <laughs> doing that? Always. Like, every tweet, he's like, I'm making America great. Stop bugging me. Fake no, news. Tom is caps locker on. What? Yeah, like maybe it's just the fall like that on his Twitter. Like every tweet uh, has to be all caps. He reminds me of my college coach a lot, and that's not saying some great things. Ryan knows. <laughs> I mean, maybe like the yeah, the caps definitely for sure. But yeah, dude, and just his way of the highway. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yes. Yeah, they're probably the same age. I uh, I think Trump's like in his mid seventies. Seventy four. Seventy four. Yeah. It's gonna be the oldest election of all time. I mean, it's gonna be a yeah. A we were talking about how they have a cap on like age, like thirty five mm-hmm. for minimum. They should have a cap for maximum, like fifty five. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> like, dude, anything other than that, you can't even wipe your butt. <laughs> it should be rule. You should have to run a four hundred meter dash in a certain amount of time. Ryan, do me yeah. Before we go into sports, do me this favor, right? Think about anybody in their seventies that you know. Okay. Yep. You think they could run the country? Um, according to their Facebook, I'd be concerned, but uh, <laughs> exactly. yeah. uh, maybe not. So, yeah. So, um, moving on to sports, since Ryan, the sports guy, is here, you know. Um, Hell yeah. Wanna wanna preview sports and stuff, uh, and then wanna get to our the topic at hand today: NBA playoffs. But before that, I wanna recap um, baseball. Uh, the Yankees has lost one of the best players, Gabriel Torres. He's out for a little bit. Um, they're looking like the best team in the league alongside the pa- the Padres, who are on fire out of nowhere, like Randy Orton in the, in the night, out of nowhere, hot. Um, the Dodgers have, like, three of the best six players in the league, so they're hot. Mookie Betts is making me cry every other Tuesday. Um, let, me, let me interject real quick because – there's a guy, Red Sox fan, Jared Carabas on Twitter, and he's the most he's the biggest Red Sox fan, the biggest anti Yankees fan. And he had a stat. I'm not exactly sure where it stands right now, but the Yankees are about a five hundred team when not facing the Red Sox. It's just that they beat the Red Sox eight times this year, why the record's so good, because anyone can beanbag the Red Sox. I'm not exactly sure what the stat was, but as of two nights ago, I think the Yankees were nine and eight. Except when they don't face the Red Sox, I think they're eight and when they face. And that's them. like saying that yeah, we won the chip. We beat the Orioles thirty six times. So, and that's true too. But in, in the sixty game span, when you have when you're able to face the Red Sox, who are it, actively so trying to lose. But that's the thing. Like 
people say that, oh, they, they're tanking, they're tanking. Tanking for what? You don't get the first overall, like, you get the first overall pick, but like that guy doesn't play for a year or two, maybe three. I mean, when you get rid of Mookie Betts, Chris Sale, his arm's just gone. Eagles. I mean, and I think we're actively trying to ship J.D. Martinez out. And like, you, had, you had David Price, Roy Holiday, Xander Bogarts, Mookie Betts, Ivaldi, and you decide to pay all of them but Mookie Betts. Oh, Mookie's last. He'll take a home count. He's a great guy. He'll take a discount. He's, he's nah. very expensive, and he's worth being expensive because he's top three MLB player in the league. I'll put him two. Top two, yeah, probably. Either him or... Uh, Mike, Mike Trout's the best oh. player I've seen ever. Like, yeah. Can we talk about... Have you guys... Uh, I don't know how much you talk about the Houston Astros, but what's going down there is hilarious. I love... Oh, no, dude, it's so funny. Jose Altuve is the most frustrated 5-5 human being of all time. Who is it? Oh, Jose Altuve. Dude, he's hitting like he's hitting worse than Jackie Bradley. He hits below 200 when he's a silver slugger. And it's like MVP. Most pressure because he's making it very obvious that most of his skill comes from knowing what pitch is going to happen. Honestly, although that's a funny perspective, I don't think that's what it is. As the Celtics battle over here, the up three right now. Um... I don't think that's what it is. I think it's all the pressure and all the eyes on him. And he's always been like the underdog. Now, now everybody wants him to fail. Like everybody laughs at him if he strikes out. <laughs> like, and that gets to people, dude. It's, it's probably a combo. I mean, a lot of players on his – like it's not even just Jose Altuve. It's just emphasized because he's supposed to be one of the greatest batters in the MLB right now, and he's absolutely sucking. But Yeah, he was MVP three years ago. Now he's yeah, like – so it's – being emphasized because he's an MVP and now he's sucking, but everyone else on Astros is like, they're below 500. um, Tatis Jr. apologized more than the whole organization of the Astros for hitting a home home run. Just do hit a grand slam and then he had to apologize. Yeah, we're talking about... The Astros stole a championship and said nothing. It's it's just old-timey baseball. Baseball doesn't have their priorities straight. They... Somebody dropped something. So what was your thought on that when you saw that he was made to apologize? Baseball cares about its traditions, especially the the old guard. I think it's obviously stupid. You you want someone a young star. You're when your top young stars, a 21 year old hits a grand slam. Dominicano. He's putting his t- there. I think they're only they're up seven three something like that. No, they were up. I think it was um nine to like three or something like. They're up seven. Yeah. So. Technically, the game's not it's not like you're up by 15. You're only up by seven. Teams can come back from seven. He missed the sign. He said he missed the sign. He apologized he, for he, the sign. If you, if you look at the, at, the, at the clip, he didn't even look for the, at the coach. Because he's he like, I'm point, I have the most home runs in the league. I'm 21 years old. I don't give a damn what I'm doing. It was a real count. If you don't want him to hit it, pitch better. At the and end he, of walked, the day, he walked the, the two guys ahead of him, too. At the end of the day, it's a matter of pitch better. Don't let me get a home run off you and I think the next batter I figured who was up after might have been Manny Machado Manny, but yeah Manny he got thrown at he got thrown at the very next pitch and it didn't even kick him out and it's th- those kind of things in baseball is why and that's why baseball will never be popular again it's not why it won't be popular again but they need to overcome it to get popular again it's only going to keep going down unless well, they it's make not going it's not going to be popular because every time somebody like Bryce or Tatis or somebody like that who's eccentric and lively 
they do their own thing. They want to make baseball fun. They get hammered. It's not even that, like, that's a point. But the reason why baseball is going downhill is because I don't have the attention span to watch three and a half, four-hour games, 162 that's tell, games. That's why I tell Brian, like, it has to be like, older, older people and then uh, Dominicans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too much to keep track of. Like, it's just a lot going on. They're long games every day for months. Like, So I, I think I have a solution for, uh, for the baseball season, right? Okay. I say, first of all, bring it down to 100 games. Like, get over your money. Like, sorry. That's bring it up, bring it up to 100 games and only play seven innings. I, I like the seven innings part, but I don't think you'd get both. I think more likely you'd be able to get the seven innings part. But you'll never convince owners to get less games because a lot of the MLB's revenue is ticket sales and TV money. and yeah, more it is. But it's like, bro, nobody's watching anyway, so. But that's all – also true that, and the, if you cut it if you cut it like the less games the more chances franchises who don't have the star because baseball is a if you ever played it or if you followed it baseball is who's hot hot who's hot mm-hmm. like a team could suck and then uh, starting in august they get hot they make the playoffs a wild card they win one game then they're in the the national league championship series You're like how the hell that happened they suck all year the washington nationals last year the world series champions were I think ten games out of first place in June, and this and, got hot for yeah, a few. Yeah, like 2011, the Red Sox were up 11 in their division. Starting September, missed the playoffs. The St. Louis Cardinals were down 11 in their division, made the playoffs, won the chip. Well, that's because Josh Beckett loves wings and beer in the clubhouse. Um, John Lester, Papa Von, Poppy. <laughs> they just love their beer. They couldn't help themselves, so that, that's why that happened. <laughs> Oh, uh, all right. We talk a little bit about baseball. Um, we talk about football training camp. So I watched a 15 minute clip of the Bucks yesterday, Tampa, Tom and Tom. Bro, you guys gotta go watch it. It's on the YouTube page. Um, it sums up so far their um their camp fired me up. Gronk looks like he's in 2013-14 form. Brady's out here throwing rockets, hugging Mike Evans, which I kind of was mad about. Really <laughs> sad. Um, every pass was to um, the other great receiver they have. I forget his name. Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. He caught. He catches everything. He, like Shady McCoy is out here breaking ankles like 2010. It looks good in practice, so we'll see. Yeah, I've I've heard a lot of good things. I think Bruce Arians was quoted today saying that Gronk looks like he did five or six years ago, which is he scary. He also said that that's the best team he's ever been around, including the championship team in Pittsburgh that he was uh, OC at. Oh. It's. Obviously hard to tell because usually you'd be able to get your measuring stick with preseason to determine yeah, what the team looks like because you're basically just facing each other. But I think Bruce Arians has been around the block enough and Tom Brady obviously playing. My, my only question on that team is their secondary because everything else is solid. They 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 were like a top three offense last year with Jameis, I'm going to give you the ball, Winston. Uh, I, think, I think Tampa Bay is going to be a lot of shootouts this year, I think. Tom Brady's going to have to score 30-plus points per game to get a win. Even though the defense didn't improve at the end of last season, but with football, it's just that kind of thing where if one team's offense side's clicking, the other team's going to have to pass almost every down, and that's going to result in more points being scored. So I think it's going to be a lot of shootouts in Tom Brady. Which one do you think is the toughest division to win this year? Um, NFC South's definitely up there. I would – Say probably still the NFC West 
just because you have that's, that's um LA Rams, Seahawks, yeah, 49ers and Cardinals. Cardinals, oh yeah, the Cardinals they won six what six games last year? Five? I think they went five, eleven, and one. And I'd I'd say NFC West because your worst team could be the Cardinals and I think they could finish seven to nine and that's yeah, the one, they, that, could see, that could easily see them eight and eight. Yeah, so that's definitely gonna be the toughest one. It'll be interesting to see if San Francisco can Oh well, they got didn't they get they got um Hopkins for a bag of baseballs, right? Bag of footballs. Um basically <laughs> David Johnson's basically a bag of footballs because both of them are gonna be on the sidelines injured. Uh and they replaced him with um the always hurt Cook. Yeah, Brandon Cooks is gonna be in a Texan. I think AFC South's gonna be very interesting because not one team stands out. The Titans obviously went to the AFC you Championship. Think so? You don't think that the Texans stand out? With with losing Hopkins, I don't think so. Hopkins made that offense work. I think Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback in the NFL, but I I, I think they're I think they're great and I think they're really good. But I think the the worst weakness is that coach. No, I on my podcast, the next one podcast, shameless plug, uh, I. <laughs> continuously talk about Bill O'Brien and how he... Yo, Brian, Brian, you'll do a better job at coaching that team. He he tries to make Deshaun Watson fail. I feel like he wants Deshaun Watson to not have a good time playing for the Texans, and I think he's succeeding because Brandon Cooks is going to play four weeks and get another concussion, sadly, and he'll probably be out for the he's, rest of the He's season. my biggest pain for fantasy football, dude. I always, <laughs> somehow he always ends up on my team. He'll... He, Every time I bench him, he goes for 30. Every time I start him, he goes for three. Every time. Brent Cooks is epitome of boomer bust, I'd say. Yeah, him and Keenan Allen. Keenan goes crazy for seven weeks and tears his um, nails or something. Like, I don't know what goes on with that guy. I mean, I think the only mortal lock for a fancy wide receiver is two. I'd say it's Hopkins and Michael Thomas. I think those are the two guys. Now, Julio? Julio. Julio should be a lock every week, but for some reason Matt Ryan doesn't want to throw him touchdown passes. So if you have Julio in a PPR, PPR, but like if you have PPR, then yes. But non PPR, Julio's for some reason can't get touchdowns. I wouldn't put Julio. Is um Landry? Landry somewhere some reason always gets a hundred balls. That's that's true. Uh, Landry, I think Tyreek Kill. Evans is good too. No, it'll be interesting to see. If we're going fantasy wise, Tampa's gonna be a very interesting team because they just have Yeah, such everybody's a high on um, Howard. Like OJ Howard, uh Brait, Gronk, you got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh there's a few other Shady McCoy. He's probably just gonna be a third down back because uh Jones? Yeah, Jones is their gonna be their one two back. He was pretty good last year. I if I had to give any uh fancy advice i'd only draft tom brady and mike evans in the the early rounds i'm not even sure about tom brady i'm very I'll, I'll, about, I'll chris godwin as a flex yeah chris godwin it would be a solid either third receiver or flex just not not even an indictment against chris godwin it's just there's so many weapons that Yo, brian stop writing this down dude jesus <laughs> there's just so many weapons it's we're, we're all in the same league over here guys i'll give him hints it's, it's true but godwin uh Godwin's gonna be one of those boomer boss players for sure. Godwin's gonna have like. I gotta say, if you if you're listening to this, to the It Is What It Is podcast, uh, episode ten, you know we're close to one hundred. Um, do not draft Lamar Jackson in any league. He's gonna do great this year, but don't draft him. I know who I'm grabbing in our leagues. Lamar. 
don't draft him unless Angel's not in your league, then you should draft him. I, Lamar Jackson is very scary. I don't see – like, I always want to be anti-Lamar Jackson, but at the end of the day, like, you can't stop talent and you can't game plan. Why you got to be, be a hater? That's what you just said. I'm not a hater. You want to be a hater, but you're I not. Wanna be, I want to be a hater. But especially if he wasn't on the Ravens, Ravens are one of those teams, Patriots fans, you can't like. Yeah, I'm a Ravens fan now, so Ravens flop, baby. Well, yeah, especially fantasy-wise, Lamar Jackson should be the first quarterback off any list. Now, Pat, now, now Mr. Half a Billion? Just because Lamar Jackson will pass for 4,000 and rush for 1,000. and People don't understand how hard that is, like in football. No, yeah, it's impossible, and somehow he does it. Fancy, and I like, was a big RG three fan who's now his backup. Um, and I always loved RG three, but I'm like, he's not gonna last two years because he took 55 shots in the first quarter. Lamar, <laughs> Lamar doesn't get hit. No, he Lamar Jackson is almost impossible to tackle. If he could just learn how to slide, he'd be the perfect. The thing, he does slide. He just slides heads first. He like, just chooses, <laughs> yeah, to make it the most dangerous way. Yeah, but, like. If I'm choosing a quarterback to start my franchise with, I'm choosing Patrick Mahomes. But if I'm choosing a quarterback to franchise get a fantasy team with, I'm choosing. I don't know. I, the franchise, I'll go Russell Wilson. Because mm-hmm. I've seen him do it without talent. I haven't seen Pat do that yet. That's a valid point. But. Who has a track team? No. And the best, and the second best tight end in the league. I, I agree. Patrick Mahomes has every weapon he needs. But. Russell Wilson hasn't led a team to Super Bowl with the offense being the number one uh, threat where Patrick Mahomes. Because, yeah, because yeah, he has me and you, a receiver, with Brian as the tight end. Hey, DK Metcalf's good. DK Metcalf's good. He had a uh, – what's his face? Doug Baldwin for a long time. Doug Baldwin got the job done. Now they have uh, – I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Lockett? Yeah, yeah. Dr- uh, what's his first name? Lockett? Uh, Tyler? Oh, um, Lockett. Uh, it's not Tyler Lockett. It is uh, Tyler Lockett. Is it Tyler Lockett? Yeah, it is. Okay, so they have Tyler Lockett who... He's fast. He's, That's it. He's consistent. Like, he, like, he like Jalen like Ramsey said, he's a punt returner. I, he's better than a punt returner. He <laughs> can make plays out. Jalen Ramsey loves just Talk. disrespecting everyone. Oh, I think. I- so that was a good conversation there, man. Check out uh, fantasy football. If you don't have a league, you're a bum. Get a league, bet money, lose your money, and go crazy for no reason. Um, so about our sport, basketball. Mm-hmm. We both, we're all here Celtics fans. I'll start with you, Brian, since you've been quiet since Ryan came on. Um, what is your take on the bubble playoffs so far in week one? Well, I barely watched it, so I don't have. Hey, much let's get it. What are talking about here? Um, I don't know. I mean, I seen uh, the Lakers came back crazy. We're playing good. Anthony Davis went off. Um, okay, okay. So you do know a little bit. Looking at your notes, I like it. I see that. I, I get the clips every once in a while. I see the ESPN clips on Facebook. You know, <laughs> that way. Um, so no, I mean, I don't really know much of what's been going on lately in terms of who's playing and who's been doing good, but. I'm just glad that they were able to figure it out. And I think the bubble setting was the smartest move for them to do. Because uh, we saw, like, baseball, they had their issues at the beginning. And the NBA being in the bubble, I think, was a smart move. I mean, I don't really know much about the matchups. I don't know what, what exactly happened. Uh, I definitely got to tune in a bit more. But 
um, no, I'm excited to see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Celtics are up three right now with 28 seconds left in the first half versus Philly in game three. Uh, they've surprised me. Uh, Philly's terrible, they, but they got, in my opinion, a top three big guy in the league, so they always stay in the game for some reason. And so he gets tired of eating chicken wings in the fourth quarter. Good point. I So my uh, perspective is, Joel Embiid, watching him run, he just looks like he's – this is not to pick on anyone, but he looks like – Out of shape. Back, like the big kid in gym class that after playing like five minutes, he just – he literally just jogs down and he doesn't want to like – I think, I think you're saying that mainly as a Celtics fan because – No, no, no. No, 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 but let me say why I say that. Because the Celtics, our offense is so good and we have all wings. So we run – we run and we run. But when you see him play like the Pacers or like the Bucks, teams that don't run, like they have they, – because we're a fast break team. When those teams, when he plays them, he's good. He just has to get in shape to play teams like the Rockets, the Celtics, the Jazz. Look, Joel Embiid is good. He's averaging, I think, 30 and 13 against the Celtics, which is unreal numbers. In the first it, three quarters, though. Yeah, but – what I'm trying to say is when he plays, he Daniel Tice or Ennis Cantor are covering him. Ennis Cantor is known to be a terrible defender, and Daniel Tice is a 6'8 center. And he's, he, I think he's shorter than Jason Tatum. You can look it up. Um, what I'm trying to say is if you watch Joel Embiid against, especially against the Celtics, he does everything in his power not to be a low post guy, he'll either. But he does that against a, everybody, though. It's not just the Celtics. Yeah, so that's the problem. That yeah, it is. He should be Shaq, where just low post him, just body him. He's probably fifty pounds heavier Shaq, than anyone. Shaq has him. called him out on it. So yeah, what he should. Joel Embiid is very soft. I'm not. Uh, I think that's very reasonable. I sent you a clip, Angel, before. Like he's he's a Kansas day, where Brad Stevens just saying. Rob Charles Jayhawk. I won't support him forever. I mean, Joel Embiid is a good player, and if he didn't eat burgers and five guys right before every game, maybe no, he actually this party would be up. Yeah, but yeah, and when if we're gonna, I'm just gonna bring up the topic right now. If I had to choose between Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, I'm choosing Ben Simmons because you're losing, you're losing that poll, by the way, by eighty percent. Well, that's fine. There's, I don't think anyone voting's a GM in the NBA voting, including myself, but. <laughs> I don't think that Joel Embiid has – like, talent-wise, I will give you that Joel Embiid's better than Ben Simmons. But long-term, I don't think Joel Embiid has that drive. I'm not saying Ben Simmons has a great drive, but at least Ben Simmons stays in shape and can play consistent minutes every night when so ben, ben Simmons, his standing shape is getting a jump shot. He's not doing that either. So that's why, like, I'd rather have the guy that's going to give me 30 and 15 over the guy that can't shoot. He's Rondo by 6'11". So you want the guy that gets 30-15, but in the fourth quarter, he's just gasping for air because he's all cardioed out because what, what big guy takes over, What big guy takes over the fourth quarter is all guards and wing. No well, big guy dominates the fourth quarter. So you're, And Ben Simmons can't dominate the fourth quarter because he can't shoot. But you're helping my argument where you're saying it is all guards and Ben Simmons has more... And I'm saying that he's not a guard. He's a power forward that can't shoot. <laughs> He's a point guard. He's a big point guard, even though they moved him to. They moved him to Paul Ford because he's not. He can't shoot. They partially moved him forward because they 
Al Horford's been the biggest bust of a signing in recent history where he signed for $109 million and is averaging three points uh, a game. Um, Scout was saying it tonight that he looks – he does not look happy at all. He, he looks he like looks like, he's, like He looks like um, how he looked last year playing with Kyrie. Miserable. You know, yeah. I don't get why he opted out. I mean, maybe because he didn't think he'd be able to get the kind of money again. Yeah, which money. It was all money. Yeah. So – for the Celtics, it's a blessing disguise, honestly, because I honestly and and this is what I this is what I say, and I think it works for both franchises. I think this offseason, Philly should trade Ben Simmons to OKC for CP for Chris Paul. Yeah, you could get three years of CP, maybe get a chip. You see what he did with that team. So you you take two to three years. Chris Paul is thirty five. I want to say. Yeah, I, I don't think Ben Simmons ever gonna. Come close to winning a championship. Yeah, but that's literally playing for the next three years. And then once Chris Paul's gone, you basically have nothing. Where yeah. Ben Simmons is I think I honestly think Joel going to leave Philly. He's, I think he's just going to walk, walk away when his contract's up, anyways. So it's not like you're going to have him for the next 10 years. Well, you, you don't know that, but. That's I, what I think. I, I could see him being a Laker. He seems like the type of guy that he'll just join up with Anthony Davis and they'll just be the tallest team of all time. But. That would not work. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. I, I don't know where Joel. I can see. Would. Like I'm glad you brought up the Lakers. Once LeBron retires, I could see Ben Simmons with AD. Now that, that that'd be a combo that works because Anthony Davis can stay in shape and he's more. He likes playing. Even though Joel Embiid also likes playing out to in. Anthony Davis likes being corny. He likes driving in rather than Joel Embiid will play from three, then take one dribble and shoot, or he'll be low post. Anthony Davis. Is very fast for a seven footer and can cut and shift, and that's what Ben. Yeah, said. I, I just think he needs he needs a guard that can actually shoot. Um, Embiid, where well, AD has that, like LeBron can shoot. No, so it's like Ben Simmons' flaw is I don't know how much he actually works on his three. I don't think that's the thing. It's like he works on his three and jump shot. I think less than Embiid works on his fitness. <laughs> That could be true, honestly. So, uh, and that scares me. That that's a point guard. You shouldn't be shooting fifty-five percent from free throwing. Two K, two K, not real life. Two K. I mean, R- Rondo probably shot about that in two K. Like, Say that again. Who? Rondo. Who? Okay. Rajon. The... Yeah, Rajon, Mister. I can't shoot either. If Rondo had a jump shot, he'd be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's arguable. Yeah, Rondo. He got five All Star appearances without a jump shot. That's true. And... And as soon as the jump shot, as soon as Steph Curry took over the league shooting, Rondo became a non-existent. He went from all-star to backup in like a year and a half. Yeah, once Rondo got traded to the Mavericks, that's basically what happened. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about. Once he got traded from the Celtics, he's basically just bounced around from the Mavericks to uh, Bulls, Pelicans. It might hey, there's no reason Joel should be a better jump shooter than Ben Simmons at all. And he is. Like, Ben Simmons' shot looks fine. Like, it does a guy like Markel Fultz where his shot looks so broken still. Markel Fultz, yeah, he's he's doing good in the playoffs. He, he's saving himself like he's athletic and can finish at the rim. Like that's what's saving him. But Markel Fultz shooting free throws and threes looks gross where he's literally pushing it. But Ben Simmons shot looks fine. I think. I ben Simmons, before we move on, the biggest problem with Ben Simmons he doesn't shoot. Like Giannis, he can't shoot, but he shoots. Like he at least gives you a, like the chance like that, that he's gonna make one. Like yeah, Russell, Russell shoots like twenty nine percent. He still takes some. 
And Giannis has like an eight foot wingspan, so he can. Do you see how LeBron guards Ben Simmons? Well, like Why? anyone else, probably just goes up the free throw line. Free throw line. That's sad, bro. Yeah. That's no, how they yeah. used to call me in high school. Like, come on. Well, <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move on to um. What are any surprises that you've seen so far in the playoffs? Uh, for me, it would be especially today the Utah Jazz just demolishing the Nuggets where Mike Conley led the team in scoring. Mike Conley played unreal. Rudy yeah. Gobert played unreal. What happens when you have a baby? Yeah, I guess. It's a new um, sense on life, I guess. But Rudy Gobert played nice. Donovan Mitchell threw in a nice 20. Like, the Jazz could be legit. If they had Bonjanovic, I can't pronounce the name. but Yeah, you got, got, you got it. Bonjanovic. If they had Bonjanovic, they – would be a legitimate contender to win the West, I think, right now. I tweeted that a few days ago, so I agree. Uh, My biggest surprise at the Rockets without Russ. Uh, that's a good one. I, I'm surprised how, like... They play defense. That's why I'm surprised. They play. James Harden had, like, 12 points at the night, and they won by, like, what, 20, 15? Eric Gordon took that role of attacking the basket, and Jeff Green played, like, everyone won. Every team that's had Jeff Green envisioned having Jeff Green the way he's playing with the Rockets right now. Like, everyone thought – Austin Jeff Rivers, too, thinking he's in high school again? Yeah. Now, the first question is, uh, are the Rockets better without Russell Westbrook? I know your answer is obviously going to be no, but does Russell Westbrook affect yeah, – He's been coaching the them up in the sideline. I see him coaching them up. He's a cheerleader. Is that just his permanent spot, just being the best cheerleader and coach of all nah, time? I think, he's a, I think he's the leader that they were missing with CP and, and James Harden because they didn't like each other. They've said it. They weren't friends. So when you play with your boy, like, he's not going to let you slack. He's going to tell you what it is, and you're not going to get mad because that's your boy. So I think that's what's going on because yesterday um, during the game, James Harden was missing, like, all his threes, like, one for eight. And then they showed, like, Russell, like, standing over him, talking to him. And he didn't take a jump shot for, like, the the whole game. He just drove and kicked, drove and kicked. Mm -hmm. I'm also impressed with – like how the Magic have played. I mean, they're uh, Vucevic. I think is the same. Yeah, he's, he's so underrated. He, I don't know what his contract situation is, but he is the perfect center you'd want, where he can play low post just as well as he plays like shoots from three in mid range. He plays no defense either. I mean, that's that's the NBA right now. No one plays defense, but like if the Celtics could get a guy like Vucevic that can rebound and score. Celtics would be a complete team, in my opinion. He's the kind of guy you'd want to play center, in my opinion. My favorite center on the Celtics doesn't even play. No, it's not Taco. It's Mr. Robert Williams. I, I think he's going to be Time Lord should play more. Yeah, he should play more. Um, who's been your superstar of the playoffs through week one? MVP. Uh, and we're MVP. talking just playoffs, correct? Not not bubble. Not Dame. Not literally. bubble. Just not, the playoffs. Yeah. So... I'm not exactly sure how JT's doing right now, but Jason Tatum, the son of Deuce Tatum, is my MVP. <laughs> you mean the father? The, uh, the father, yes. The father of Deuce yes. Tatum. <laughs> but Deuce Tatum will, will son Jason Tatum when he gets older. Uh, I mean, Jason Tatum, he was, I think, 8 of 12 from 3 last yeah, game. He, he tied LeBron and Kobe. Like, unreal. For the most, well, for a uh, guy under 22. The reason I don't choose Donovan Mitchell, which I'm guessing is your pick, is 
this game three, Donovan Mitchell only shot 13 shots and his team won by 30. Like, how can you be the MVP of the bubble when you only yeah, take – he, he didn't play, like, the fourth quarter. He had 20 in three quarters. I Still, but, like, Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert did lead the way for them. And, obviously you, – You saw what he did in game two, though? Yeah, his game one and game two were both really good. Yeah, but, game two, this dude had – like eight points I have and, and dropped 22 in the second, the third quarter. So he's like, he's, he's playing the best basketball or everybody, in my opinion, that is because not only scoring, he's locking up. Like he's, he's on Murray. Murray, the last two games, hasn't done anything with him on him. He, he's picking his spots. He's passing the ball for once. That's my only thing with him and Tatum. Tatum's still not doing it. But like he's starting to, like they have to be, they're great basketball players. Their cues are off the roof. I think they're both really good. But like he, he's his natural position in my mind is a point guard. I I agree with that. I think him having the ball and it being able to attack the basket or pass out. Is... He can honestly he can score like same with Tatum. They can score whenever they want. So that's why he's had he's the only player who's had a quarter where he scored twenty in the playoffs so far. He's done it twice already. And what I like about Donovan Mitchell and he has and he has a he's a lesser seed than Tatum and he has a lesser team than Tatum. I don't necessarily agree with the lesser team. I think the Jazz are a really good team. And the Jazz's head coach, whose name slips to mind, is a really good coach. I think he has like one of the best records in the league since coming in as a coach. Uh, but what I was saying, the reason I like Donovan Mitchell a lot is it doesn't feel like he takes too many shots Like when he'll end up with how many, like 20-plus shots. It doesn't feel like he's forcing shots at a time where – a guy like Russell Westbrook, I feel like he, he'll just decide before he's just like putting his head down, driving to the basket, which he has the ability to, but sometimes what he does feels for taking shots of, you come to my podcast taking shots of Russell Westbrook. I mean it's what I'm doing. I'm trying to uh get you a little upset, trying to get uh not gonna happen, baby. Russell's winning that chip this year. <laughs> Russell, he's coming in the Western Conference Finals. He's not playing until then. I mean they he, they shouldn't because the Rockets are gonna handle OKC and Four or five, so I wouldn't even. Well, I, think, well, I think I think they're done. Who OKC? Okay, yeah, I think they're done. Same no, thing. They're a good Cinderella story, but at the end of the day, Rockets are a lot better. I mean, the Nets are done. Yep, Nets are done. Nets. I think, Philly, Nets, I think Philly's done. Magic are losing five. Um, Nets are gonna get swept probably. Sixers are gonna get swept. I think the Sixers could. What's the get other series? Miami and Pacers. I'm surprised that series. Miami's look. Miami looks so good right now. No, they do, and I think they're a huge threat to upset the Bucks because the Bucks, even though the Bucks are going to win five against Orlando, they look so disorganized. I where, think Toronto Boston is going to be the best series in the playoffs. I think we're going to beat Toronto. Seven. I think it's seven. Um, that that game against Toronto we had in the bubble, we from them. start to finish owned them, and I think I, I also don't think they were trying. No, why, why wouldn't you try it? Well, that's, that's probably the team you're going to see in the playoffs, so why give them anything? But why give them the mental edge of, oh, shit, they, they, we can beat them by 40? Because like, they're a young team and they can come in with confidence. Overwhelmed. They could come overconfident, which you, we do sometimes. Well, yeah, which is a young team. But to uh, give my and, summation. And that's, why they, and that's why them and the Heat scare me. Even the Lakers scare me because veterans in the playoffs, that's when they do their thing. The, the heat don't the heat scare me for uh, the Bucks because 
the Heat are all sh- shooting guards. It's and they scare me for us because they can shoot like us and they have wings like us. And their center is better than our center. That's why they scare me. Right. Well, they don't – I think we could handle the Heat just because I think I like our matchups better against the Heat. But they have a good chance against the Bucks because – it's Giannis or bust with the Bucks right now, and uh, yeah, I'm calling him Giannis Westbrook. Yeah, so and even though Jimmy Butler just can't shoot threes anymore, which is funny, he's literally shooting less than thirty percent from three. When I like five years ago, he was a really good three point shooter. So that's I mean, like, last year he was good from three. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know what, why he just can't shoot, but maybe all the powers got sucked out because. Literally everyone else on Miami Heat can shoot three, so maybe that's why. But I I would still say Bucks are probably the favorite to win the East, and I'd say either Lakers, Clippers, and I'll put Houston now. I, I won't discredit Houston completely. It's going to be one of those – Celtics obviously are in the conversation too for the East. But it's still Bucks are bust right now. Giannis is that much better than everyone else. Well, he picked for the finals. So my heart – Wants to pick wants to pick Celtics, Clippers, but my head. Right, I, I'm not deciding which one I'm officially choosing, but my head says Bucks versus uh, Bucks Lakers probably, but we'll see. Still, I the Clipper. I, I would have said like two weeks ago, Clippers heart and head, but Clippers look. The Mavs no, the Mavs bad. are good, bro. The Mavs are that good. The Mavs are really good, and Paul George is playoff P. In the sense that he George sucked Paul. playoffs. George Paul, like like the great Skip calls him. Like Skip calls him. He's George Paul because he absolutely sucks in the playoffs for Yeah, that's group. why everybody the last few years in OKC blaming Russ. I'm like, it's not Russ. Russ is giving you 35, 17, and 12 in the playoffs. Yeah. So Paul George went from 28 a game to like 13 last year in the playoffs. Like, bro, what? And as long as the Lakers have three point shooting. They should win every game. Got to start Jared Smith, and then they won the championship. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know about that, but, but, but yeah, my heart says Toronto Clippers. My head says Houston. I mean, no opposite. So my heart says Houston Celtics. My head says Clippers. And actually, my head says whoever went Mavs Clippers versus Toronto. That's what my head says. I, I think the like I think the Mavs can beat the Clippers, but I think the Mavs are too young to face a team like the Lakers where they're kind of similarly fashioned and beat them. I think Lakers would beat the Mavericks, but I just feel like for some reason, the Clippers look like they're never trying except for Montrose Herald. So it'll be interesting. And they're but, also missing their little pit bull too. Yeah. Pat, Pat. Sure. So, um, what we at time, Brian? Uh, we got like 30 seconds. Hey. So he Ryan Ryan has the Celtics winning it all. Me too. Just kidding. I got Houston winning it all. I think they're gonna do it. They're missing their center, who's six four. He'll be back. Um, I wouldn't play Russell until they lose the game. I until it's close. Like I'd say at least minimum second round. Yeah. So cause I don't think they're gonna need him. Um, and I think we covered most of the bubble. Nothing else that we really gotta talk about. Um, Kristaps Porzingis got thrown out game one, which was BS, but it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, Brian, anything else you want to you want to say here before we go? I think that just about covers everything. We're just about to get kicked off the uh, the Zoom, so uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Episode. Thank 10. you, Ryan, for joining. Yeah, thank you, Ryan, for joining. Where can uh, people tune into your podcast? 
Uh, I think the same as you guys. It's on Spotify. The next one 